Sack City. Welcome into another episode of the Sack City Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron the Mukes. I am Mukes. It is a beautiful September 8th morning here in the city. It is a beautiful first day of football. We are back and better than ever. Football kicks off tonight, 8 p.m., uh, breaking, uh, we're doing the, uh, we've got the Bills, we've got the Rams, we've got week one football. Oh boy, I'm excited. Aaron, how goes it? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I, it makes it a lot easier to deal with what I'm dealing with knowing that football's on tonight. I'm excited. We do this every off season. We're waiting six months, seven months, eight months, however long it is till this first Thursday night game. That's an official game that matters in the standings. Matters in fantasy football, matters for us here in the city, and uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to watch tonight's game. It is going to be a quite the thriller between the Rams and the Bills. We'll have a prediction for that game uh, coming up later on in the show. We are also breaking down how many games did you say it was? Nine? We've got nine games on the dock tonight uh, or this morning to go through. Uh, and preview and predict if you're new to the show if you have not seen our shows before even in the past era of us we give you guys we go game by game break it down give you predictions tell you guys who to pick um and then at the end of the season we kind of get bring it all together and see who had the most right answers who had the most wrong answers who had the most score predictions correct um it's good stuff it's because you did win last year uh congratulations uh hopefully i have a better year because uh, my year was tough, but we'll kick that off tonight, breaking down the teams that are uh, we got. So basically how we do this, just to let you guys know, is we go by and preview the home team conference of the Thursday night football game. So tonight, the Rams of the NFC. So we're breaking down all NFC home games today um, in just a few moments. But let's get down to it and go into our morning headline. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. That's right. It is morning headlines time. And you know, morning headlines is brought to you by Manscaped's body wash. Their ultra premium body wash is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, fresh, and moisturized. Get your Manscaped body wash today at manscaped.com and use that promo code SACCITY at checkout to save 20 off it's morning headlines time and we break it down we start with emmanuel sanders retiring at the age of 35 most notably winning the super bowl with the denver broncos he played for the broncos he played for the bills uh who else did he play for i'm trying to remember who else he played for here the Steelers. the steel oh he started his career with pittsburgh that was what it was 
Come on. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm trying to remember these things, man. But he retires at the age of 35. He will go down and retire as a Denver Bronco, uh, the team he did win a Super Bowl with. Um, also in the morning headlines that I, I'm interested to see, Aaron, you put these morning headlines together. And one of your notes is Patrick Mahomes apologizes to fantasy owners. I guess I should ask you, and I probably should have given you morning headlines this morning because I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, see, this is what happens when you're <laughs> when you're not really paying attention to life. Um, no, so Patrick Mahomes came out and announced uh, that he apologizes to fantasy owners in advance because he said there won't be a number one receiver in Kansas City this year. And I thought that was interesting. Um, basically saying he's going to spread the ball around and everybody's going to get involved. Now, you know, take that for what you may. It, it, that could be just him kind of like, like jostling at fantasy owners or, or, you know, making jokes about it. But I think that's a question mark that we've all kind of had over, over the fact that Patrick Mahomes and, and Kansas City doesn't really have a number one target outside of a Travis Kelsey. So um, I do expect the ball to be spread around. And I thought that was interesting that he came out and actually said, Hey, look, I apologize to fantasy owners in advance, but I'm throwing the ball to everybody. And, you know, it's not the Tyreek Hill area anymore. It's not just where it's one guy and, and I know that I'm going to get him the ball. And, and I think that's – I did say this before. I think that's a benefit from a team perspective when teams can't hone in on one thing you're doing. Um, and, and it could make them actually better in a weird, in a weird way. So um, I know AJ and I had discussed that as well. So he apologizes to fans there. Um, also around the league, Lamar Jackson has now set a deadline on his own deal as of tomorrow. You know, if no deal's done by tomorrow, then no deal's getting done um, as of right now. So he set a deadline of Friday, which we kind of expected. He said he wasn't going to negotiate during the season, and I expect him to stay true to his word. This one you'll like, Vinny. Uh, there has been no limitations on James Robinson, not expected to have any limitations, and reports are he could see a heavy workload in week one. And again, does that mean it's going to come true? We don't know. But just the reports out there of all things being positive, that's a good sign for, for James Robinson uh, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So some of the things that we talked about are starting to come through it, come to fruition with some of these players that a lot of the preseason drama dialogue is starting to, to really come to light here. So I, I think we can expect a nice workload from James Robinson and barring health. I think we're still on the same page um, that we have been all offseason, which is he's probably going to be the number one running back and the first guy um, to get it. And then ETN will be kind of that playmaker, um, third down, passing game type of type of role. So good news there for the Jaguars. And then, of course, couldn't have a morning headlines without an, an Antonio Gibson update. Um, now, you could say this is only because Brian Robinson is out. But Ron Rivera came out and said that Antonio Gibson is expecting to see the ball a ton. And um, despite his, his preseason struggles, and I did say this before, I did think he was still going to be the number one. I, I never really wavered from that. But with Brian Robinson being hurt, it's a lot easier for Ron Rivera to come out and say it, right? And, you know, that's the only guy they really have now. So, um, but it is what I expected, regardless of whether Brian Robinson was there or not. I did think that Antonio Gibson would get the first crack at earning that job and, and keeping it throughout the season. Now, could that change? Absolutely. But um, you got to like the mindset there. Um, hopefully Antonio Gibson can bounce back and, and get where he needs to be. And I'm loving that I stole him in a number of drafts late, 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 uh, because nobody won. I think that I, I don't necessarily think that this is like, I get it. He's getting his first, he's getting the first crack at it, 
but I still do not trust that Antonio Gibson will like still remain the guy when Brian Robinson comes back and who knows how Brian Robinson comes back. We're hoping he comes back strong and healthy. Um, but that does it for our morning headlines. Let's get in to our injury report. It is time for the injury report. We only got two little nugs on our injury report today. Uh, starting things off with Matthew Stafford. It was reported at, actually this morning. I'm, uh, you got you got it uh, pretty quickly on the news today. Um, but Matthew Stafford, where did it go? Where did it go? I lost it, Aaron. I lost my notes for Matthew Stafford's injury. I apologize for nothing. He had off-season surgery, though, uh, for his um, – where did – I'm a mess this morning. My mouse isn't working. Nothing is working. Aaron, save me. You're on mute, homie. You're on mute. What a start. What a start to for. Well, I will say I'm going to be on mute a lot because I'm coughing and I'm stuffy and sniffling and I didn't want to be a distraction. So um, that is my fault. But he did have an off-season elbow procedure to deal with some pain that he experienced last season. Um, this is part of what was keeping him back with limitations during the offseason, during the uh, preseason. But he did come out and he said he felt good. He said he's ready to go and that he has no limitations. He did come out and say, quote, I feel great or I feel good. I'm ready to go. I feel great. I'm ready to go play. Um, he said he's trying to feel like he's 21 again and, and all this stuff. But he said he feel like he can make every throw. So good news there. But there was kind of some worry about his elbow. Nobody really knew what it was. And now knowing that he did have an offseason procedure, I think that shed some light a little bit on why he was kind of sitting out uh, this offseason. So uh, he got an injection last year and he didn't, he didn't throw all offseason. Uh, so again, be that what it may, it looks like he's he's healthy, he's good to go. Yeah. And despite even if there's something lingering there, I think he'll fight through it and, and play. Yeah, he's. We know how we've we have definitely seen Matthew Stafford's toughness uh, on full, full display in in the past. Uh, other in, one other injury note is Zach Wilson will not play on Sunday. Although Robert Salah came out and he, I guess he had more of the coaches speak and saying, okay, there's a chance Zach Wilson can play on Sunday. Uh, but he will not. He's actually going to be missing a few more weeks. So he'll return uh, in week four, hopefully uh, battling that knee injury. It'll be Joe Flacco leading the way for the New York Jets. Uh, Robert Slaw did come out and say that he was he is progressing well, but he's not quite ready yet. I think and just have a feeling that that was kind of the intentions all along. But you know, coaches speak how it goes. Robert Slaw was like, oh, yeah, you know, he's progressing well. Maybe he has a shot. He's not going on IR, so he, the, which allows him to still practice with the team. Um, so that's that's also a big thing. And I'm sure just seeing him on the field practicing, you're like, oh, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll have a chance to play on Sundays progressing well. But uh, we now know for a fact that he will be out at least until week four battling that knee injury. That does it for our morning headlines. That does it for our injury report. Aaron, do you want to? You will just we'll we'll hit the commercial break and then we'll get into our game previews uh, for NFC teams. This season preview is brought to you by Manscaped's brand new ultra premium two in one shampoo and conditioner. This luxurious lather cleanses and nourishes in just one step. Using coconut water, green tea, and aloe, 
This non-greasy daily formula is naturally hydrating and rich in antioxidants to revitalize the look and feel of your hair. So head on over to manscaped.com and use the promo code SACCITY for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. The new ultra-premium 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner from Manscaped. Take care of hair everywhere. It's football time! It's here! Let's get into it, Aaron. We're breaking down uh, nine games on this morning's episode. We're starting things off with the Atlanta Falcons visiting the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are five and a half points, five and a half point favorites over the uh, Falcons right now. The over under on this game is 42 and a half. Um, Aaron, these two division rivals match up, and normally it can be a back and forth. Between these two teams, one gate, one team will win one, another team will win another. Atlanta this year might not have those same type of expectations dealing with uh, the fact that, well, they are the worst ranked team on our power rankings this year, uh, at least in the preseason. Maybe they change. If Atlanta was to pull off the upset here, what do they have to do? <laughs> well, what number one, it's good. It, it, I know, right? It's hard. Number one, um, Number one, I think I'm already going to tell you this. I, they're going to New Orleans. It's a tough place to play. I don't want to say there's no chance they pull off an upset because it is the NFL. But Marcus Murray, you, you're so good. Marcus Mariota in the quarterback position has to not turn the ball over. They have to play well enough for for that offense to move the ball down the field. And they're going against a defense that I told you I think is one of the most underrated defense or underappreciated defenses in the NFL. They're top five to ten every year. This is a tall task for Atlanta to come in here and get a win. Um, normally, you would say teams, they got to get the running game going. They, but they're not going to run the football. Their offensive line is not good enough. Uh, Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier is not going to be enough for Atlanta. It's going to have to be the playmaking of a Marcus Mariota finding Kyle Pitts and maybe having one of those crazy, wild, like historic games that we, we see sometimes in week one when teams come out and do something special. That's the kind of game it's going to take from Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. I don't know that um, – you know I don't, don't have Atlanta winning many games, but I don't know under any circumstance. I'm trying to find a way, like, what gets the upset happen. They can't win in the trenches because they don't have the pieces. They don't have the pieces on the outside to win. Like, there's no favorable matchup for the, New Orleans, or for the Atlanta Falcons against New Orleans except for Kyle Pitts. So – Kyle Pitts, I guess that's what you could say. That's, that's what it. they have to do. It has to be a special, special performance. And even still, that might not be enough. Play, plain and simple. That might be how it is uh, for a lot of the games for the Atlanta Falcons this year. Um, but on the New Orleans Saints side, there's a lot of players that have our attention. Michael Thomas, Chris Olaf. I don't know if Michael Thomas is playing in this game. I'll have to double check on, check on that. Uh, is he playing in this game? Why? Why wouldn't he play? Vinny? Come on, man! Don't don't do that to me. Well, why don't, wouldn't don't he play? Dare. I thought he was healthy. Stop! Don't do that to me. Maybe he, he might be. I don't know. He, he's playing. Play. Look, he try. came out. As a matter of fact, I was going to put this in the headlines. I didn't because I didn't think it was that big of a deal. But he said he wants to best that 2019 performance, or you know, when he was like the top receiver in football. He's looking to get to back to that level. Great so, talking. But so why the latest, he play? The, the latest on Michael Thomas, just so. For those watching, maybe uh, on a Saturday before the games, or maybe Sunday before the games, we are recording. We are live on Thursday doing this. We do not have a full injury report, at least on this game. Tomorrow's episode will feature that. Michael Thomas, as of Wednesday, was limited in practice. Uh, so that, 
So he might, he might play, he might not play. Maybe this is a precautionary thing. Um, but either way, there's lots of players on the Saints side that uh, have our attention. But Aaron, who are you watching for most in this game? I think it's just who you mentioned. It's Michael Thomas. Come on, man. I, I have been on board with the, the Michael Thomas hate per se, um, saying that he's going to have to show me that he can play a full season, that he's going to have to get back to that form. I'm not going to waver from that now. I am watching him because I told you the other day when we did our predictions, this is a surprise team in the NFC that could be making a Super Bowl run. I have them going all the way to the NFC title game, and a lot of that is predicated on that guy right there. As much as I talk smack about Michael Thomas and saying I didn't trust it, I do understand that if he's on the field and healthy, he's one of the best receivers in football, and and I expect that from him. So if I'm not getting that from him, I'm going to rethink where I have the state, the Saints. But I do expect that if he's on the field and he's talking the way he's talking and all those great workout videos, then the Saints should be a, a reckoning or something to reckon with. So I'm looking for Michael Thomas to get back to that form. And if he does, then the Saints are going to be a scary team. Prediction time. I got the Saints in this one, 24 to 13. Oh, man. Saints are going to put up a lot more points than that. Um, I have the Saints winning this one, 35-13. I don't think this game is close. I think the Saints are a dominant team compared to Atlanta. Um, Atlanta's offense will struggle this year, and, and the Saints are going to come out ready to go. I have the, I have the Saints winning 35-13. Uh, yeah. And D Dylan, by the way, sent me his picks. He doesn't have scores, but yep. he did send me his picks. Uh, he has the Saints over the Falcons as well. And AJ sent me his picks, I think. Did he send he sent his picks as well, I think. Yep, AJ's picks are in as well. Uh AJ has the Saints 24-17. That's AJ's picks. Going on to our next game. It's the San Francisco 49ers traveling to Chicago to take on the Bears. The Niners are seven point seven point favorites over the Bears with an over-under of 40 and a half points. Uh, with the 49ers last season, they were able to defeat the Bears 33 to 22, but the Bears are able to keep it close, at least in the fourth quarter, before a uh, pretty big collapse by their defense to have the game going to 33-22. Similar team, the Bears, well, we talked about it the other night when we were previewing the, Bear, the Bears' season. It's almost a similar team to what they had last season. Um, but this year might be a little different. Just something feels different with the Bears. Um, last year, though, Debo Samuel torched the Bears defense, catching six passes for 171 yards and a touchdown. This year, he might be matched up against Kyler Gordon, the rookie uh, the rookie, rookie cornerback that the Bears drafted um, and invested highly in. What do you think of that rookie versus Debo Samuel matchup in this game? That's where you're going. I That's have to go somewhere with the Bears, okay? Would you like me to come go Velas Jones man. everywhere? No, like Kyler, come on, man. You're going up against, it's not Kyler Gordon versus Debo Samuel. Like, that's not a matchup thing. That's not it's not something the Bears are like pointing that's, out. Hey, man, Kyler Gordon, you're going to match up against Debo Samuel. That, that's not a matchup. That, that Debo Samuel is, is somebody that's been in this league that knows how to play the game of football. I'm not saying that Kyler Gordon does it, but he's a rookie. He's got... He goes out there against Torch. I'm not thinking anything of it. I think I think the bigger question mark here is how do the Bears attack the 49ers offense, knowing that it's Trey Lance now instead of a Jimmy Garoppolo. So you can look to last year's tape and you can say, okay, Debo did this. But the fact is, is Debo is not getting the ball from the same player, right? He's now getting it from Jimmy Garoppolo. So 
I, I are not now getting it from Trey Lance instead of Jimmy Garoppolo. So I don't look at that and say that's a matchup that I'm I'm looking at. It's really about how the Bears defensively with a new defensive minded head coach and Eberflus is going to attack an offense that's not going to be looking the same as it did last year. So to me, this is a coaching battle. And not that I'm trying to knock on Eberflus, but Shanahan's been around. Shanahan should win this yeah. battle. And I, I look at this game very similar to the way I look at the New Orleans Saints-Atlanta game. I don't think it's particularly close. And the Bears would need a special day from Justin Fields in order to have a chance to win this game. Yeah, that's I, that's where I think I, I have to go here. When we're looking at the quarterback matchup, I think that both these quarterbacks bring a lot of attention. But I think my eyes are on Justin Fields in this game. And I know what Trey Lance brings. I know he's the better quarter. Like, he's supposed to have all the hype. And this team is supposed to be better than the Bears. But my eyes are on Justin Fields in this game because I want to see this is the first true test for Justin Fields to say, okay, let me put the team on my back and try and get us to this victory. And maybe they don't win, but my eyes are on Justin Fields to say, okay, how close and how much can he actually carry them, at least early on in the season? I don't see them winning this game, though. I think the 49ers end up taking it at the end of the day. I think the Niners win this one, let's say – Let's. I think it's. I think it's a little closer than we think, though. It's going to be twenty-four, twenty-one, uh, Bears, uh, Niners. Twenty-four, twenty-one, Bears, Niners. Twenty-four, twenty-one, Niners. You sure? You, you sound like you want to. Sound like you want to change I, a little bit. I, it, the Bears were slipping up. Maybe that's what I should have done. But I'm. I'm going twenty-four, twenty-one, Niners. Um, I, I think this one's very similar to the to the Saints game. I don't think it's close. I'm going to say the Niners win this game, thirty-one to 17 um they're just a better the Niners are just a better football team Trey Lance or no Trey Lance Justin Fields or no Justin Fields uh he doesn't have enough help Niners win 31 17 AJ has the Niners winning 34 to 17 and Dylan has the upset Bears beating the Niners first upset of the year yeah that I my my words wanted me to say uh, Niners uh, Bears Jesus Christ my words wanted me to say Bears but we will uh, we'll see how that one pans out maybe maybe Dylan can get the first upset uh, of the year. Next up on our list is the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. The Eagles open up or are four point favorites over the Lions with an over under of forty eight and a half points. The uh, I'm gonna. We, I did this a lot last year. I'm gonna do this again. Aaron, give me a stat line for two running backs that have a lot of potential, but we have not seen it in full effect yet. In DeAndre Swift and Miles Sanders, what are their stat lines in this game? I'm gonna let that slide, but that was a terrible, terrible wording you used there. Um, I disagree. DeAndre Swift showed it all of last year when he was playing. He was the number three yeah, running but, back but in the league after nine games. Piece it together for a full season is what piecing it together stop stop he proved himself last year miles sanders has yet to prove himself i will give you that um yes miles sanders stat line in this one is 14 carries 73 yards and he gets into the end zone and i will take deandre swift having uh, 80 rush yards 60 receiving yards and a touchdown as well um deandre swift is going to feast this year he is going to be the focal point of that offense i know everybody loves amon ross a brown but where before Amon Ra did what Amon Ra did last year at the end of last year, it was DeAndre Swift. The only thing that took DeAndre Swift out was the fact that he got injured. So um, I, I think DeAndre Swift is going to have a monster year. I think that it's 100 and total yards every game. 
Um, so that's where I have him at in this game. I think this one, remember, I told you I thought this one could be sneaky, kind of a sneaky good game. I, I think it's yeah. something that I think it could be high scoring. I think there's a lot of fantasy implications. I, I really do believe there's going to be a lot of a lot of scoring in this one. And um, I'll take I'll take DeAndre Swift having the better end of the running back situation there. Okay. All right. And on the Eagles side of the quarterback position, Jalen Hurts, we're expecting a big year, hoping a big year uh, out of him. This might be a funny question for you, but what is Jalen Hurts' challenge in this game, if he, if any? Um, he has to prove that he can be accurate with the football against a bad defense. Um, this is not – I wouldn't say it's the first test because the defense isn't very good, but this is going to be our first test with A.J. Brown, with Devontae Smith, with the weapons that we always have been lauding that Philadelphia hasn't had, and now they do. Um, can you be accurate with the football? I don't want to see a game where he goes 17 of 34 – you know, 226 yards, like even if they win, I'm looking for him to be accurate with the football, a, a, a nice completion percentage, being able to move the ball up and down the field. And not rely on see the growth. And if I don't see it, then I'm going to question him once again. Yeah, I, I think that you cut out a little bit, but I do get what you're saying with, with Jalen Hurts on that side. I think this is going to be, I think every game is almost like a prove-it game for Jalen Hurts, especially with the the weapons that he has around him. We've got an over-under of 48 and a half points. I think they get – I think this game actually goes uh, – I'll take the under here. I think it's going to be 20 – let me go 27-24. That might not actually be the under. That might be the over. 27-24. Uh, that's actually the over. Um. I really want to take the upset here, but I think I think Philadelphia is the better football team. But there's something to be said about Detroit home opener, the way Dan Campbell has them. Right, you know what? I'm going to take the upset here. I am going to take the Detroit Lions, and I'm going to take the Detroit Lions, 30 to 27. I think it's a high scoring affair. I think Philadelphia's Eagles defense is a little bit overrated, and uh, Detroit comes out week one, and I don't say makes a statement because it might be one of their few wins, but. Um, Comes out with just energized, hard knocks. Dan Campbell, give me the Lions, thirty to twenty-seven. This game is in in Detroit, isn't it? That's a, that's the thing. Yeah, that's yeah. What I just said. I I actually I needed. I'm I, I'm already going to be flip flopping my picks. I am also going. I'm going to say, keep the same score, but have the Lions. I I went back to my record predictions and actually have the Lions in this game. Um, I want to stick with that narrative that I do think it takes a little bit for the Eagles to get going here. Um, so as I think about it more while I'm doing things over here um, and considering the Lions and the heart and th there's a lot of momentum with the Lions. So the heart, I, I will, you I will love that emotional stuff. I do. I do love the emotion <laughs> here. So I will also go with the Detroit Lions here, but I will just flip my score um, for them and Lions take this uh, victory here. Uh, AJ has the... Eagles uh, AJ has the Eagles 31-20, and Dylan has Eagles over the Lions. It would be nice if one of these jabronis actually looked at the dock and uh, put their picks in order of the way we we're going, but I digress. Next game on the list is the Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Washington, D.C. to take on the Commanders. The Commanders are two-and-a-half-point favorites with an over-under of 44 points in this game. Uh, Aaron, I know this is week one. But what team do you think needs this win more uh, to start their season off? Again, I know it's week one, but a, a good start for a rebuilding team or a good start with a 
uh, new quarterback could be huge. It's not even close. It's the Washington Commanders. Not even close. That doesn't. You trade for a quarterback. You trade for a quarterback that has had question marks surrounding him for the past couple of seasons, and he's a turd. Let's be honest. He's a turd. I said it. He's a turd. That's why he has a turd on his head? Carson Wentz has to prove that he can be back to the 2017 Carson Wentz where he was an MVP candidate and get out of his own way. And it starts against Jacksonville. He comes out week one and loses to Jacksonville. Can you imagine what the talk is going to be? And you think he's going to be able to handle that after all the things he's done in Washington and he goes out and he loses to the Jaguars? Look, Trevor Lawrence will be okay. New coach, new culture, they're building. They don't expect to win a whole – they expect to win. We don't expect them to win a whole lot. Um, Every win they get is a bonus, really, to be honest. Uh, this game is, it, it's all about, it's all about Carson Wentz. And if Carson Wentz falls short, those conversations are not going to wait until week eight to come up. It's going to happen early in the season and it's going to creep in and it's going to get into his mental. And then you're going to start hearing the crowd shouting Heineke and, ta- you know, bring in Taylor Heineke or bring in uh, who you like, Sam Howell or Sam who, Howell, whoever. Yeah. Oh, I mean, um, I, yeah. At, at the end of the day, this is all about Carson Wentz. Every single game, you know, I love talking to Antonio Gibson and that whole drama saga thing, but every game, my eyes are going directly to Carson Wentz because I believe this is his last chance. Yeah. Now, does it mean he'll never start an NFL game again? No, but I do believe this is the last chance a team will give him to go into a season earning the job or not just be some backup who has to wait for somebody to get injured. I think this is his last chance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm on board with that. I think I think it is more on the commanders because this is a team that you don't go out and make that move if you're not considering yourself a contender. Not maybe not. I think every team obviously tries to consider themselves a Super Bowl contender. That's what they play for at, at the end of the year. But I, like you don't go, your organization does not go out and make that type of move if you don't think you're close. And all all schedule along, you're going to have to like that's going to be the conversation is if Carson Wentz and going out and making that trade was a big deal or not. And this game being against the Jaguars, I think that you have to like, it's, it's a winnable game with your new quarterback. It could be some view it maybe as a revenge game for Carson Wentz after what happened to him last year. Um, but Trayvon Walker's going to eat. That's I was going to, that's what I was going to ask you. Is he your impact player to watch for this game? Oh no, no, no. Oh, okay, never mind. My, my impact player actually to watch for is Christian Kirk. I think they're going to see I – I think people are – I think Jaguars fans and people are going to see why Christian Kirk got paid. I think he's clearly the number one there. I think he's clearly going to show out. And I think him and Trevor Lawrence are going to have a nice connection. I think he's a really dynamic receiver that people aren't talking enough about. And all they can do is turn around and look at that contract and laugh at it. But at the end of the day, I think he's going to have a huge impact on this team this year. Again, does that translate to wins? We don't know. Uh, but I am looking for Christian Kirk to, to have a nice day here. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. What do you got for a prediction in this game? Um, I'm taking the Jaguars. I, I, you guys know how I feel about the Commanders. I think they are not a very good football team, although the Jaguars aren't either. I think that the Jaguars get this win here. I don't think Carson Wentz can can get it done. I will take the Jaguars 23-20. to 20. Who you got, Alicia? 20. Oh, you see her? Oh, you can see her in the background. Ah, that's so funny. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. 
24-23 Jaguars. It, Dylan also has – or Dylan has 24-23 Jaguars. AJ had – oh, no. AJ. God, you were. 23 Jaguars. There's a lot happening over here. There's a lot happening over here. 24-23 Jaguars for AJ. Dylan also has the Jags. I will make it a clean sweep for the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Uh, how could I not pick the Jaguars when everyone else is picking the Jaguars? I will go 27-26 Jaguars. Next game on our list is the Carolina Panthers hosting the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they oh, they are – Carolina is a one-and-a-half fa- point favorite over the Browns with an over-under of 43 points in this game. This is our first revenge game of the season <laughs> that we are covering with Baker Mayfield playing his former team in the Browns. That's where I got to start. Aaron, how does Baker Mayfield get his revenge – on his former team in this game? Um, You know, I'm not huge on revenge games. I think everything can be a revenge game. If you really want to dig deep enough, somebody's got some revenge against some team, especially in today's landscape of the NFL. Uh, But I think, I do think Baker wants to prove a point that he was worthy of getting paid. And um, I think he has everything he needs to do it. I think their defense is solid. He has Christian McCaffrey week one, which is, we know he's not hurt right now. So that's a healthy Christian McCaffrey who didn't play in the preseason. You got weapons like DJ Moore. Um, Robbie Anderson seems to be now on board with uh, with Baker Mayfield being there. So I think they have everything they need to get it done. Obviously, Deshaun Watson not playing for Cleveland helps. So I, I think he just needs to stay within himself and not try to do too much. I do worry in a game like this that he does try to do too much, trying to prove that point instead of just playing within himself. But I do think Baker Mayfield's a, a savvy enough quarterback to, to make things happen, to make plays, especially with a good cast of characters around him. So I expect Baker Mayfield to play well in this game. I expect him to play with that chip on his shoulder. And to be honest, that's when he's been at his best, is when he's had that chip, when he was trying to be the number overall coming out, when he was the rookie that was sitting behind Tyrod Taylor and had to come out and show and prove himself that he was a starter, he was able to do that. I think it's once he got complacent with where he was at, that's when he started to make all these mistakes. And he got real, I don't say a little cocky, but overconfident um, in his abilities, and you started to see the play decline a little bit. So uh, I expect him to come in ready for this game and uh, have a good game against his former team. On the other side, you got Jacoby Brissett starting his first game for the Browns, obviously, while Deshaun Watson serves his suspension. As an overall, this is a question that I feel like I've asked so many times when talking about the Browns. Um, but what do you expect week one for this offense to look like? Not much different than it did last year. They're going to run the ball a lot with their running backs. They're going to run play action. And Jacoby Brissett's going to be asked not to make mistakes. The difference between this year and last year is Baker Mayfield was banged up and he made some mistakes. So I think they keep it simple. I think they they are trying to grind their way to six wins, five wins before week 11 or week 12 or whenever he's supposed to come back. That way, when he does come back, they can win a couple of games and hopefully have a chance at the playoffs. They they understand that they are not going to be able to compete with some of these powerhouses in the AFC on a week-to-week basis with Jacoby Percent. But I think they're looking at games like this, Carolina, um, we think we can grind our way to a win, and that's a big win early in the season. To get on the right track early is going to be important for this team down the stretch. So I think they're looking for Jacoby just to stay within himself, not make mistakes, and then run, run, run. Nick Chubb, I expect a heavy dose of him. Um and then obviously play action, find Amari Cooper, find David Njoku, and then maybe one of those younger receivers on the outside, a, a DVP, 
uh, or DPJ or uh, <laughs> David Bell step up. Yeah. I, uh, Dylan's got the, or AJ's got the uh, Browns 23-17. What does Dylan have? Dylan has the Panthers beating the Browns. I will stay on the side of the Panthers over the Browns as well. Um, I will take them 27-23. I will go with the Panthers here as well. I will go 23-21 Panthers. Next game on the list here, we've got the Green Bay Packers traveling to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings. The Packers are one and a half point favorites over the Vikings with an over under of 47 points in this matchup here. Uh, Aaron, I asked a similar question earlier on in the show when it pertained to the the commanders and the Jaguars who needed to win more. Um, But specifically talking about the Minnesota Vikings here with this new regime that they have, obviously Kevin O'Connell coming in uh, another year, another kind of almost like a prove it year for uh, Kirk Cousins uh, and this offense and maybe this defense, like you've said before. Um, But overall, how important is it for the Vikings to get a win here? I'm not going to say it's important. It's week one. I don't think there's any kind of like, Oh, you beat the Packers. You're something special. Now they've beat the Packers before. Uh, I I don't think that's important. What I do think is important is what we see from that offense and how it differs from what we've seen before. Again, I still don't understand how that's going to look. Uh, They said they're going to be more pass heavy. We'll we'll see how that plays out. Um, I don't know that we're going to learn a whole lot from Minnesota in this game other than what does that defense look like? Their offense, I don't expect anything to be different. I expect them to put up points. I expect Justin Jefferson and Thielen and Cook and Kirk Cousins to have good numbers and the end of the day it's about them winning in the end because they they lost a lot of close games they, they've they've been that team that they're right there they can compete with the they compete with the best teams in the league close and then the worst teams in the league close like you know what i mean like they play to their yeah. competition and that's not a good thing in the nfl when you want to be one of those super bowl caliber teams you're supposed to dominate those teams you're supposed to dominate and um i think that's important so we will uh, we'll see. I hate that. I know we don't like that term, but I don't think this game matters a whole lot from a perspective of, oh, the Vikings have to win in order for their season to go the way they want it to go. I think this is a division rival game. Um, it's going to be a, a good game. I think there's going to be some some ups and downs for both teams, but I'm not looking at the Vikings saying they have to win. There was uh, <laughs> there was news last week or earlier on this week with. Uh, Alan Lazard coming out and there being him actually popping up on the injury report and his status for Sunday being uh, uncertain. But overall for the Green Bay Packers, it's all eyes on this wide receiver group and who is going to be the number one wide receiver. And there's two teams that we're going to play this game with all season long until we have the answers. So Aaron, pick a wide receiver. Which wide receiver is the number one guy for Aaron Rodgers in this game? If Alan Lazard is playing, it's Lazard. If Alan Lazard is not playing, it's Aaron Jones. Okay. All right. That's a fair answer. It might be it might be Aaron Jones, even with Lazard playing, but I, I will give Lazard the credit. If he plays, it'll be him. If if he doesn't play, it'll be Aaron Jones. Romeo dubs a close second. Dubs. Romeo dubs. Back off, Packers fans. We're saying it right. Um, I will take the mm, I will take. Oh, I have a hard time picking these games. I hate my life. Oh, man. Who do you have? 
What the? What, oh my gosh. Anyways, um, I, Dylan has the Vikings over the Packers. No surprise there. He's a Vikings fan. I will take Green Bay. Over man, I, I, stupid ass internet. <laughs> yeah, um, nope. I think they're a little bit overrated. Although I do think they could be a surprise team this year. I will take Green Bay in this one. I don't think the defense is good enough for Aaron, against Aaron Rodgers. I will take Green Bay thirty-four to thirty-one and a late win by Aaron Rodgers. Thirty-one twenty-seven Vikings. Thirty-one twenty-seven Vikings. Dylan has the uh, has Vikings as well. Twenty-four twenty-three. Three games left on our dock here. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs at the Arizona Cardinals here. Uh, Chiefs open are six-point six favorites over the Cardinals with an over-under of 53.5. This is, I think, the highest uh, over-under in the in, this week um, with two teams that really are just so high-flying and ridiculous. I will kind of piggyback off of what I just had with the Vikings and the Packers, really talking about the Packers. The Chiefs will be the other team that we play, pick a wide receiver. And Aaron, which wide receiver is going to be Patrick Mahomes' number one target in this game? Um, his number one target? So are we talking receptions? What? what yeah, receptions. Well, no. no, I'm talking targets. Let's Let's talk targets. Same thing. Um, targets and receptions will be Juju Smith-Schuster. However, um, the receiver that makes the bet has maybe the most yardage is going to be Miko Hardman. So Miko Hardman won't get as many targets as Juju because he doesn't work the middle of the field like that. But I think Miko Hardman has, ends up having the best day here. I think he he ends up being that wide receiver quote wide receiver one because um, he has the big play ability that. Tyreek Hill had. So it could be four for 110 and a touchdown. Could also be a bubble screen that he takes 70 yards um, and or a reverse or something, whatever. I mean, one of those shovel passes or, you know, cross those jet sweep passes. Uh, I think that it's close, but I think Juju is going to be more of a possession receiver, similar to what Travis Kelsey is for that team. And then I think Miko Hartman is the big play guy. Uh, and then Marquez Valdez Scantling gets kind of sprinkled in as far as a couple of deep shots and see if he can connect. Okay. All right. Lots of names in this game. Lots of big names in Mahomes and Murray and Kelsey and you throw in, if you want to throw in JJ Watt and you, lots of big names, big time names in this game. Who's the X factor that you're watching for most between both of these teams? You know what? It's Hollywood Brown. Um, and it's Hollywood Brown because they don't have a Deandre Hopkins there now and they need somebody to be sprinkled with targets and peppered with the ball a lot. And um, I know Zach Ertz is banged up right now. Rondell Moore is a little banged up right now. I, I don't know if they're going to play. I'm sure they will, but they're a little banged up. I expect Hollywood Brown to have a, a, a ton of targets in that offense to start the year without Hop. I think he has to play big. And I know he's a little ball up and down the field at will against the Arizona Cardinals. This is going to be so many points in this game. Give me the Chiefs here, 35 to 27. I uh, will take Kansas City, 38 to 23. AJ's got the Chiefs, 35 21. And Dylan has the Chiefs over the Cardinals. Oh, okay. <laughs> there it is. 
The Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys in a Sunday night football rematch of last year. Uh, this game, I remember I remember this game very uh, vividly because we were we were in California watching this game uh, at the bar last year, and it was a hell of a game. Like this was the, this was arguably one of the best games of the season last year. They run it back again this year, this time in Dallas uh, on Sunday night football. Aaron, as a Hmm. with this Cowboys team, what are you looking for most? Like, what is it, is it, is it as obvious as it, as I think it is with the offensive line? Is that what you're watching for most with this team? No, I'm actually, yes and no, because the offensive line ties into it, but I'm actually watching what is the offensive philosophy looking like? Are they going to get back to establishing the run game and trying to be physical? Because this is the team's downfall. It doesn't have anything to do with, you know, I mean, obviously you have to have talent on the offensive line, but when they were at their best, they were a physical football team that imposed their will. And defensively, they did that last year. The Micah Parsons, the Marcus Lawrence, they were able to get after it, and it's why their defense was so successful. Offensively, they didn't, and they did not impose their will. And I want to see that again. I want to see when, when, when you're giving the ball to Zeke 20 times a game and Pollard nine, and you're running the ball 30 times, and Dak has 30 throws, and – who cares if the conversation is, oh, Dak is only successful when they run the ball a certain amount. Of, like they got to let that, oh, we have to shift to a passing offense. You can throw the ball enough to where your quarterback is still the most important piece on the field, but still establish a dominance. And, and, and I think that's really what the Cowboys have to be about. Ezekiel Elliott's down in weight. He looks good. Uh, Tony Pollard's obviously an explosive playmaker. They have an advantage at the running back position that some teams don't and they need to use that. And it also helps for offensive lines. Most offensive linemen are better in run blocking than they are pass blocking. It's just, it's just simple physics. Um, allow those guys to get on their train tracks, follow, get their big bodies on people and allow them to impose their will. And, and then you can protect that Prescott from having to worry about his left tackle being gone or, you know, no more Travis Frederick or no, you know, uh, no more Lyle Collins. I, I think it's just important for them to establish a physicalness about them and a mentality that says we are not going to be pushed around on the offensive side of the football because we want to be flashy or whatever. And then make those explosive plays with CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. Obviously, he's not playing in this game, uh, Jalen Tolbert or, or whoever. So, um, so, yeah, to me, it's just about being physical. A wide receiver on the other side of the ball with Chris Godwin might not be playing in this game, but he might, might he might actually be playing on Wednesday. He did practice. He was limited uh, in practice on Wednesday, or actually he was a full participant, I should say, in practice on Wednesday. And um, he's uh, he's out here saying that uh, he he might actually surprise some people and play. Todd Bowles came out came out and said if he feels healthy and he's ready to go, and they clear him, you take your shot. Anything less than that, I'd rather he sit. I don't want him to be out there before it's time. So we don't know if Chris Godwin is actually going to be playing in this game. And I remember talking in the off season saying how, like, if he misses time, we're talking about who steps up next. And there was Russell Gage. Then Julio Jones came into the picture. Uh, how big and what do you think the stat line is for Mike Evans in this game? How big is this game for Mike Evans? And what do you think his stat line is? Oh, you put me on the spot there. I did. Is that in the doc? It isn't. I didn't get a. I didn't get time. To yeah, get, yeah. Yeah. That you caught me off guard there because I really didn't. I didn't. I didn't think about that. Um. So you, and just just you talk, know, give you a little bit more time. The Bucks are two and a half point favorites in this game with an over under of fifty one, just under the uh, high over under of fifty three and a half in the Chiefs Cardinals game. 
I didn't you're mention just, that before because I didn't know. You're that. you're you're so great. I, I, I really do try. And honestly, I think so just to also let you know, Julio Jones does not practice on Wednesday, but that was not injury related. He's just Julio Jones and just doesn't practice and doesn't do anything. Um, but Russell Gage also uh, was limited in practice on Wednesday with a hamstring injury. So talking about the wide receivers, it's. I, I will tell you Mike this. I, I think Mike Evans goes five for 46. No tutties. But he is one of the most inconsistent when it comes to certain types of games, certain types of, of players he's playing against, certain types of games. And I think this is one of those games. Last year, if you remember, I don't think he had a very good game against Dallas. I think it was a few catches for a few yards. But you know who killed him? The tight ends over the middle of the field. The slot guys in, in Chris Godwin. Uh, Antonio Brown, who's that twitchy, fast, twitchy guy, right? I think this is a great matchup for Trayvon Diggs because Mike Evans can't outrun him. Mike Evans is not going to outroute him. He's not going to put on, you know, great double moves or anything. Mike Evans is just going to go win big body frame. And I think that's what Trayvon Diggs is actually the best at because he doesn't have yeah. to worry about a guy giving him a double move. Mike Evans, when he goes, he just goes. And, and Trayvon Diggs is not going to be outran by him. So uh, I think this is a, a good matchup for, for that. But it doesn't mean that they're not going to have success. It just means Mike Evans won't be the guy. It'll mean – Russell Gage, Chris Godwin, Cameron Brait, whoever else in the hell goes across the middle of the field for Tom Brady. The, last year, so Mike Evans last year against the Cowboys was three for 24. The leading receiver was Chris Godwin with nine for 105. This was also the game where Gronk was eight for 90 with two touchdowns. Your alarm is going off. Wake up. It is time to wake up. Um, but no, and that game ended obviously with the Ryan suck up 36 yard field goal uh, to end it. Let's answer this question from Bailey here real quick before we give our predictions. Who will be missed more? Uh, will the, who will be missed more, Gronk or Amari Cooper? It, On the spot be, here, bud. It's got to be Amari Cooper. Oh, I was going to uh, say it's Gronk. No, I listen. Tom Brady has Tom Brady is going to be fine when you got Chris Godwin and Russell Gage and Mike Evans and Cameron Bray is not a slouch at a tight end. Like, no, I was just I was just referring to more towards the emotional side of things. He's he's really oh going to miss Gronk. Yeah, you and really your damn emotions. <laughs> you and your damn emotions. Uh, I will take the. This is I don't want to say this is a revenge game. This is a rematch game. Uh, this time in Dallas, I'll give the Cowboys the edge here. And I will go. I will go Cowboys here, thirty-three to thirty-one. Cowboys. Uh, I don't. I don't. Um, I don't take great pleasure in doing this. I, I actually do think the Dallas Cowboys have a really good chance to win this game. Um, everybody's kind of under appreciating or under the radar on them, but I'm going to take. I'm going to take the Buccaneers in this one. Um, call it reverse psychology, call it whatever you want to call it. Um, I hope I'm wrong here, but I'm going to take the Bucks in this one, 34-31. I think it's another high-scoring game. Uh, give me the Bucks, 34-31. Dylan has the Cowboys. And AJ has the Bucks, 31-24. So it's, uh, I think it's an even split. So, yeah, that's an yeah. even split on, on our panel here. 
Ooh, that was our games for oh no we uh, we still have the oh uh, you know what let's do monday night no no we're gonna do it now we're gonna do the monday night football game now the denver broncos traveling to seattle to take on the seattle seahawks on monday night football the last revenge game revenge game of Whoa. the week it's russell wilson traveling to take on his former team in the seattle seahawks Aaron, I'm putting you on the spot again. I'm going to ask you what Russell Wilson's stat line is in this game. But first, I'll tell you guys that Denver is a six and a half point favorite in this I'm game ready. with an with an over under of 44 and a half points. Aaron, what is Russell Wilson's stat line against his former team? 27 of 38, 368 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. It's a very good game. It's a very good game. It's a very, very good game. That's 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 uh, very good. Who's his number one receiver? Uh, I told you this the other day, dude. Is in our perfect uh, fantasy lineup. It's Cortland Sutton. Okay, there it is. Cortland Sutton out of those three people. touchdowns. Cortland Sutton has two of them. There you go. There you go. Cortland Sutton with two. Albert O gets the other one. That's what I think. I think Albert O gets in the end zone in this game. Uh, but on the Seahawks side of things, Geno Smith is going to be the leader uh, as their quarterback, as their starting quarterback over Drew Locke. What do you expect from Geno Smith in this game? And maybe talk to me a little bit more about the, I know you hate the mental side of things, but this is, this is a big game for Geno Smith. You got the former quarterback coming into town. You're the new leader of this team. Like talk about the impact of that. And, and what do you think he does in this game? Uh, I think Geno Smith plays like Geno Smith. It'll be a lot of this. He's a backup quarterback in the NFL. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with taking over with the previous quarterback or like Geno Smith's a professional. He's been in the league. He's been a backup. He knows he's a backup quarterback for the most part of his career and he gets an opportunity to start here, but I don't think Geno Smith's going to play outside of himself um, in a positive way or a negative way. I think he's going to do what Geno Smith does. He's a good guy to have as a backup quarterback and he'll play like a backup quarterback um, throughout the course of the season. You'll see there'll be times he's really good. There'll be times he's really bad. But for the most part, it'll be a lot of up and down, and I don't expect anything different in this game. He's going against a good defense, uh, a good football team, and I think he's going to struggle at times. And there'll be some plays you'll be like, oh, that's the Geno Smith that was drafted high. Oh, but oh, there's the Geno Smith that's a backup. And you'll say that a lot. And it's and you won't be frustrated by it because you know what he is. Like, if you don't know what Geno Smith is by now, then you haven't been paying attention to football for the past, you know, eight years or whatever he's been in the league. So, um, yeah, I, I don't. Again, not saying that the mental side don't matter or he doesn't have it, but I don't think Geno Smith is looking exactly at what you say. No, I just don't think this is the Geno Smith's look coming saying, This is my resurrection of my career. I'm going to come out now. I'm going to be a star. Like, I think he just wants to play good football. And I think his limitations will keep him from consistently playing good football. I think, I think it's a fair point. I think I think it's a fair point to to, to say that. Uh, what do you think about the the prediction in this game? Do you think it's is a, a slam dunk, uh, a slam dunk for for the Seahawks? A slam dunk for the Seahawks to to lose? Yeah. Or uh, yeah, sorry. I, Jesus, I, I, what is wrong with you yeah. today? Um, I, yeah, I'm doing take... a lot of things on my end to try and get things going for certain parts of the show. Well, we're at the end of the show. So um, yeah, I'm not at the end of the show. We we are very much at the end of the show. We have one more preview, uh, and that's tonight's game. But anyways, uh, Seattle will not be able to keep up with Denver. I think Denver's offense is going to be too powerful 
I will take them 20, you know what, 30 to 17. I will take Denver here 35 to, yeah, 35 to 14, Denver. AJ has Denver winning 27-14. And Jillian also has Denver. Yeah, shocker there, shocker there. All right, let's get into our Thursday night preview. The Buffalo Bills traveling to Los Angeles to take on the defending Super Bowl champions in the Los Angeles Rams. Aaron, you have been very vocal about how you think this game is going to go. Uh, can you remind the listeners what uh, your prediction, or your heavy thoughts on this game while the, the Buffalo Bills are actually the two-and-a-half-point favorite in the over-under game of 52 points? Yeah, um, I'm not wavering from it. I'll tell people that if you haven't been paying attention to the Sac City podcast, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, off, all offseason, I've said one thing, and I've been very consistent about this. On Thursday night, and let me, um, let me make sure I have, I have the information right here. Thursday, September 8th, by the way, shout out September Virgos, you know, all that good stuff. At 8 p.m., the Buffalo Bills and this guy right here, not this guy, but that guy, right there will absolutely beat the living shit out of the Los Angeles Rams. They're going to beat the brakes off of them. I don't think this game is close. I don't care that they're the defending champions. I think this guy behind me has a chip on his shoulder or he's on somebody else's shoulder with a chip. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. The fact of the matter is Buffalo will destroy the Rams today. And it doesn't mean the Rams are going to suck this year, but they're going to suck tonight. Um, I have this one in an absolute blowout. I don't have no rhyme or reason. I don't have no no logical proof that the Rams are bad or the Bills are just that much better. Uh, none of that. This is sheer gut instinct that the Buffalo Bills, they literally might score on every possession of this game. Like, that's how I feel. Um, and again, call me crazy, call me whatever you want to call me, but that's how I feel. And if they don't, I told Vinny this, if they don't win today's game, I'm going to be very, very disappointed. Like, so disappointed that they're going to drop significantly in where I rank them because I think they should be playing with the mentality that I have for them. And if they are not, that's a problem for me. So um, they need to win this game for sure. I think they do it, and I think they do it uh, handily. So I ha- I'll give my score before we even break down in the analysis. In fact, totally cut out. Yep, didn't hear a single Did word you, you said. Nope. It didn't want me to do it. it it's telling me, it, don't do it, Aaron. Don't it's do like, it. Whoa, bro. Don't do it. Like a f- no. football god's coming in here saying, whoa, bro, stop. I wanted Pump to give my brakes. score before anything, and I'm just yeah. going to say the Buffalo Bills win 45 to 20. Jesus Christ, that is that is a lot. That's First of all, that's a lot of points. Second of all, that's a beatdown uh, of the defending Super Bowl champion. And it shouldn't happen. There. It shouldn't no. happen. No, no. There's no reason why it should happen. But it with the Bills and how they play, I mean, this – I can tell why you would why you say you'd be very disappointed if the Bills lose this game because if you're saying that they're going to shit pump them that bad, anything short of a win, it would be extremely disappointing for the Buffalo Bills on your end of things. I, on the other hand, I'm not as bullish as you on this game. I do think the Bills end up taking this one. I'll just drop my prediction now as well. I think this is actually a closer game or a lower scoring game than we think, um, and I think it's going to be 27-24 Bills. 
I think both defenses are actually are, are very, I think the Bills defense is very good. I think the offenses are still not necessarily trying to figure it out, at least for the ramp. I don't think they're trying to either offense is trying to figure it out, but I think both defenses step up in this game early on in the season. Offense are still getting the rhythm 27, 24 bills. Who's your X factor player on the Bills side in this game? Son of a bitch. I don't know why I did this guy. anyways. It's only this guy. I told you not to. Oh, goodness. Come on. We. You want me to go back to what I said the other day? It's Isaiah McKenzie. I, I, That's where I was going. Well, you got to let me know these things. I, okay, I did say that Isaiah McKenzie was going to be the X Factor for the Bills this season. Over the yep. course of the season, I do expect him to be the X Factor. X Factor meaning it's not the guy you expect, right? But the guy that comes out of nowhere and produces – and, and we didn't expect that helps them carry helps carry that team. I talked about Isaiah McKenzie the other day when we did our season preview, and I'm not wavering from that. Isaiah McKenzie is going to have a huge impact for this team. I don't want to say similar to what Cole Beasley did. He is Cole Beasley on steroids, and I'm not implying that he takes steroids. I'm just saying <laughs> he's more electric than Cole Beasley, but he has those some of the same skill set as far as working in and out of the slot. And I think he's a dynamic playmaker. And if you're going to double Stephon Diggs and you have a big play guy in Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie is going to be a factor. And I think he plays a lot this year. Um, there's a reason why he's starting over Jameson Crowder and they just re-signed him. And Jameson Crowder is a very good veteran. So uh, look for a lot of Isaiah McKenzie, even in this game. Look for a lot of Isaiah McKenzie with Jalen Ramsey having to worry about Stephon Diggs. And this is not a shot at the Rams here. This is more just a hype train on the Buffalo Bills. We both have the Bills go winning this game. I believe AJ also has the Bills. AJ has the Bills 27-23 in this matchup. Uh, who does Dylan have? Um, oh, he put it with Bills 26-17. 26-17. That does it for our first half of our NFL Week 1 predictions. We'll be back again live at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here at the Sac City Podcast, breaking down those teams that we did not cover uh, in today's uh, today's show. That includes Steelers-Bengals. That includes Patriots-Dolphins. That includes... Uh, AFC games? Uh, Chargers-Raiders. Um, so some good matchups that we're going to be previewing tomorrow, live at 10 a.m. Eastern time. I want to remind everybody, if you have not done this already, please do so. Head on over to at Sac City Pod on social media to like, subscribe, share, share, share. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and that tickety talk. Be sure to follow us at Sac City Pod. Write those reviews. Make sure you share. Let your friends know that the Sac City Podcast is the place to be for NFL coverage aaron you ready for some football tonight Man, what do you got I'm ready we got going on what do you, how, how are you watching the game you kicking it back oh yeah no, we're, all, we're all working we're all working <laughs> but I, hey i'll be at work but i'll be watching there you go there you go we'll be back again live 10 a.m eastern time covering more games for my best friend aaron mukes i am me we will see you tomorrow peace out football Team of-